Hi, this is our book group, and today we are going to be talking about mood and tone. I'm Ellie, and I read the book I Am Malala. Um, this book is about a girl from Pakistan who was shot in the face by the Taliban, and she was only 15. In Pakistan, there are not many women's rights at all, and the Taliban did not even want girls to go to school. So Malala spoke out about this and how she thinks girls' education is very important, and she was not scared of the Taliban, and like this is how she portrayed courage throughout her entire life. The author's overall tone throughout this book is helpless, concerning, unsafe, and sad. At one point during the book, the author was talking about how the Taliban was terrorizing the valley in Pakistan that Malala and her family were living in. Um, the text says, we felt very frustrated and scared at once. When we were IDPs, I had thought about becoming a po- politician, and now, and now I knew that that was the right choice. Our country had so many crises and no real leaders to tackle them. Words such, words such as scared, frustrated, and crisis were used to show how scary Pakistan was at the time. There were also many different moods in this book that I felt. Um, there were words such as sick, failing, and wrong when Malala was talking about when she was when she got shot. Hi, I'm Callie, and I am reading All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doe. During this book, there's lots of tones and moods, like hopeful, discouraging, sad, distraught, and sometimes happy throughout the book. One example I have found of discouraging is Werner's life at the orphanage. Smokestacks, fume, and locomotives travel back and forth on elevated conduits, and leafless trees stand atop slag heaps like skeleton hands shoved up from the underworld. This quote shows what the author is trying to convey about the area and why Werner eventually wants to leave and try to find a better life outside of this town. One example I found for Marie Lore is desperate in the morning. At one point, she says, if only her father would come through the kitchen door, smile at the ladies, set his palms on Marie Lore's cheeks, five minutes with him, one minute. She's really desperate to see him and she misses him a lot. I'm Maya and I'm reading the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. What's happening is essentially a girl got trampled and now Mid- and and Mr. Hyde is responsible. Now the main character, Mr. Ederson, is trying to track him down. However, there are some strange things happening between in the relationship between and the partnership between Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Mr. Ederson is trying to get to the bottom of it. So the main way the author develops tone and mood is kind of through like weird things happening and just and using dark images like not like actual images but dark words that imply like sadness and luminous and whatever the main tone is kind of somber and ominous and one of one of the quotes is um dr jekyll is writing this in part of his thing to mr hyde you must suffer me to go my own way i have brought on myself a punishment and a danger i cannot name if I am the chief of sinners, I am the chief of sinners also. I could not think that this earth contained a place where suffering and terror is so unmanning. 
that's on page 76. And this was this was directly after Ms. Dr. Ha Dr. Jekyll had gone into isol some sort of isolation after being fairly social for the past two months. So the way the sentence is worded with things like with just using the suffering and the suffering and the terrors, and it and it the background presence of evil that's kind of been consistent throughout the story it has been like brought to the forefront, kind of, and basically. Because a lot of that evil energy has kind of been manifest, like has kind of been like embodied by Mr. Hyde, with just a lot of the things he's doing, the way he looks, everything about him is kind of creepy and weird. The reader can kind of infer that kind of connects Mr. Hyde to this dark, evil mood, and kind of just infers that Mr. Hyde has something to do with this, which he does. Another part is um, another part way the way he does it is we all have orders to obey him on page 41 and this is also on page 41 oh dear no sir he never dines here replied the butler indeed we see very little of him on this side of the house he mostly comes and goes by the laboratory um basically mr H this shows how this is uh, over this guy here mr hyde at and basically it shows he has a high level of trust with jekyll and yet barely even bothers to know any of jekyll's friends is kind of just solely involved with jekyll and that's just this is very odd, a very odd thing to do. So the way, so basically by using darker images and through just people doing strange things is kind of how the tone and the mood are built up throughout the story. Hi, I'm Jack and I'm reading a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. So in the book, a man from the late 1800s, his name is Hank, somehow ends up in medieval, medieval England. Then he earns everybody's trust by using modern technology to make people think he's a wizard. Then he is led on a quest by a woman um, who he calls Sandy. And then they're trying to rescue princesses in captivity. When he returns from his quest, he dresses up like a peasant in order to have a better understanding of what life was like for a peasant. So for mood, the book makes me feel happy because of its humor. So at the end of the quest, um, it's revealed that the princesses are actually pigs, and the castle they're trapped in is a pigsty. And Sandy actually like really believes it. And then jokes are also frequently used. He arrived, looked me over with a smiling and impudent curiosity. Said he had come to me and informed me that he was a page. I said, you ain't more than a paragraph. The book sometimes makes me feel dejected though. So Hank comes across a group of slaves traveling, and he sees one of the slaves being disciplined. And then he laid on with his lash like a madman till her back was flayed. And she shrieking and struggling the while piteously. One of the men who was holding her turned away his face, and before this humanity he was reviled. And then for tone, the author has a negative tone towards slavery. He uses the words like madman and piteously to show that it's not a good thing. Then he also wrote this book after slavery was abolished in the U.S. So he has been like taught to think that it's bad. Then he also knows that people in medieval times don't know any better, so there's a conflict of interest in the book. And then when the author isn't being critical of slavery, he is humorous. The author makes a lot of jokes, and then he describes most peasants as gullible and silly people. Hi, my name is Sawyer, and I'm reading Johnny Tremaine. And so basically, Johnny is a kid that lives in around the 1400s, I believe, around the Revolutionary War. 
And so pretty much, like, it's kind of starting off with the Boston Tea Party and the bad effects of that. And he was actually involved in the Boston Tea Party. And they're starting to rebel against the British in the occupation. And so tone in the book, it kind of goes from anger to nervousness to happiness. Because, like, when some rebel successfully escapes, then the tone goes to happy. Or, like, when they're in the midst of doing something illegal, it's kind of nervous. And when someone's getting hung or shot or killed, then it the author's really angry about it. And the mood, it kind of, at times, it's really depressing. It can be uplifting, and it can also lead to hatred. And so pretty much, I'm also reading The Murders in the Rue Morgue now, and not much has happened in that book so far.